Hello, good morning. And this thing is working, right? Okay. We're good. We begin our services by singing the doxology, which is found in the Red Hymnal number 549. May God pity us and bless us. May his face beam kindly upon us, that his way may be known upon earth, his saving acts in all nations. May the peoples confess you, O God. May all the peoples confess you. May the masses rejoice and sing out, for you judge the peoples correctly and pity the masses on earth. May the peoples confess you, O God. May all the peoples confess you. The earth has yielded its produce. May God, our God, bless us. May God bless us that all the world may respect him. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 209, We've a Story to Tell the Nations. In number 209, we have a story to tell the nation.
welcome to all of you here this morning. It's wonderful to have each and every one of you here. Let us go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you have given us this wonderful opportunity to come and worship you in this chapel. And Lord, we come just as we are this morning. You know of the needs that we have in our lives, the struggles that we have, the things that we are trying to overcome, the things that we are just trying to get right in our lives that, for some reason, Lord, just seems to be just beyond our reach. And Lord, we come before you with all of those needs. And Lord, not only do we think of the needs of ourselves, but we think of our needs of family members and of friends, the needs of patients throughout this medical center, the needs of the staff that are working today, the needs of the family members that will be visiting. But Lord, as we lift up all of these prayers, God, we know that your spirit and your power is in our lives, and it truly reveals to us what our intentions are as we pray to you. The intentions of just wanting to just have a better, closer relationship with you and a closer relationship to the people that are in our lives. Because God, as you have loved us, we also want to love them. And Lord, that is our main intention. And God, we'd ask that you would help us with that and that you would honor the efforts that we are putting forth to make that happen in our lives and that you would bless us with results. And God, as we just pray to you, we are always welcome to your spirit. And God, we just open that up to you as an act of worship. And we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me this morning. Our next hymn is number 207, Tell Me the Old, Old Story. Hymn number 207 in the red hymnal, Tell Me the Old, Old Story.
back to the right because my wife was helping me through some of the verses there. She's smiling because she knows that when I'm struggling, she starts singing with me. So tries to keep me on right course there. Our scripture reading this morning is Galatians chapter 5, beginning with verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, Lord, we are just so thankful as we have been worshiping you. And God, we are so thankful for the way that the presence of your Spirit has just been addressing to the things in our lives that we just need to work on. And God, we are just so grateful for this time. And Lord, I would ask that you would help me just to continue that urging and that direction that your Spirit in our lives brings. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. Amen. Well, I don't know what you do as a, as a hobby, but one of my hobbies, and it's not really a hobby, but I enjoy watching documentaries about history. Usually any kind of history. I do seem to have a preference for anything that has to do with the military. I guess there's no big surprise on that, like watching military documentaries. I also like to watch art documentaries about different types of artists and different types of artwork. And one of the documentaries that I have been watching recently has been titled The Art of the Cross. And what that, what that documentary is about is it talks about how people have viewed the cross, how they have drawn the cross, what the cross has represented. In the catacombs, for instance, in Rome, they drew the cross there and what that represented the many wonderful giant cathedrals that we see throughout Europe and the, the wonderful paintings of the cross and what it represented. And there were two themes throughout the documentary. And I don't know if they intentionally did it or not, but as they were doing the narration about the various crosses that are found throughout Europe and the history of the art of the cross in itself, there was two themes. One was either the cross represented sacrifice or that the cross represented victory. So think about that for a minute. Think about what the cross represents to you. Does it represent sacrifice? Does it represent suffering? Or does it represent something that is powerful, that is something that is victorious? And I think each and every one of us would say that in different times in our life, the cross has represented both. It has represented times in which there was sacrifice and suffering, and there were times when it has represented something of strength, something of power, something that was victorious. And I think all of us would agree upon that, that for the cross in our lives, it represents both sacrifice and both something that gives us victory. But what do we do with that? How do we identify with the cross within our own personal lives? Do we identify with the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross and the suffering that took place? And what do we do when we understand that the cross truly means victory for us in every aspect of our lives? 
that we truly can have victory over the things in our lives that we struggle with, that we truly can have victory over the wrongs that we have done, the sins that you and I have both done. How do we incorporate that? How do we identify with that? In fact, that as I was thinking about the sermon this morning, many times I know that when I hear people talk to me and they use the word you, especially if they're in an authoritative type of position, at times I always find that demeaning, don't you? If I was up here all the time saying, you need to do this, and you should do that, and you need to do that, don't you find that demeaning? I, I know there are times in my life when I do. And so as I was thinking about my sermon message this morning, usually I try to say you and me, but actually you and me means us. And so when I am identifying with the things that are taking place in your life and in my life, I'm actually talking about us together. Because we all have different struggles that we've had to overcome in our lives. And many times we just don't want to seem to admit that. But it is about us. Anytime we come as an act of worship and we sing the hymns together as best as we can and we offer our prayers as best as we can and I give a sermon as best that I can, in fact, just to let you know, every time I get done preaching, I always ask my wife, how'd I do? Did I get a B or better? Maybe a C? Maybe a B minus? And she always laughs because I ask, what is my grade, right? How am I doing? And I think all of us want to know sometimes in our own lives when we're walking with God, how are we doing? What is the example for us? How do we grade ourselves? What is our self-assessment? What is our self-evaluation? And I think it's important for us as we evaluate that, as it is about us, when we look at the cross, what does it represent for us? And if it represents either the sacrifice or the victory, either way, our lives should be demonstrated by the fruit of the Spirit in which we have incorporated the Christ into our lives. The Christ of the cross. And it is that fruit of the Spirit that our scripture this morning addresses about our own individual lives. And it is about us. Does our spirit, does our everyday life, and I will be honest with you that I'd like to say every moment of every day that my spirit is representing all of those things that we have read this morning in our portion of scripture, that it represents love, that it represents joy and peace and forbearance and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. I can't tell you that. I would be lying if the fruit of my spirit all day long represented all of those principles that we are supposed to follow. Because it does not. I fall short every day. I fall short in the whole idea of having the proper fruit of the Spirit in my own daily life. So I would stand to reason that we, us, have also shared in that same problem in terms of the fruit of the Spirit within our own lives. But that's where God wants us to be. And there is an overall arching word that would encompass everything in this portion of Scripture, and that word is patience. And I would say that for many of us, us, that patience is not a good word. Patience is not a good word for me. I am impatient. 
I want things now. But I must admit that as I have been getting older, and that clock continues, I have been getting just a little bit more patient, not a, not a lot, but a little bit more patient about the things in my life. In fact, one of the younger chaplains that I supervised at one time in my military career asked me a couple of years ago, what's the greatest thing that you've learned so far about your ministry and how you are as a chaplain? And I told him without any hesitation, I'm beginning to come to an understanding of what patience means. Just a beginning of that understanding. But if we encompass all of the things that is the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, one word would encompass all of that, and that is patience. So I ask the question, do you have it? Do we have it? Do we have patience? Patience. Patience. Number one, about ourselves. And I think that's important for us to identify. That we need to give ourselves a break. We need to cut ourselves some slack. Remember that phrase, you need to cut you some, some slack, Jack? Remember that? Cut me some slack, Jack? So we need to cut ourselves some slack because we need to be patient with ourselves. We want to have instantaneous change in our own lives. When we have identified things that we have been struggling with, somehow we want to take some kind of magic solution that will take care of all of those problems. And we grow impatient when it's not happening the way that we want it to happen. But I would submit to you that we need to be patient with ourselves. If you want to be patient with others, if you want to be patient about the circumstances in which you find yourselves in as we interact with the world and all of its wonderful institutions that we are a part of, that patience really begins with ourselves and that we need to be patient with ourselves. We need to cut ourselves some slack. We need to exhibit to ourselves the spirit of love the spirit of joy, the spirit of peace, the spirit of forbearance, the spirit of kindness, the spirit of goodness, the spirit of faithfulness, the spirit of gentleness, the spirit of self-control. So for us, we need to begin that process by being patient with ourselves. And that patience begins by understanding as we look to the cross, as we look to the sacrifice, as we look to the suffering, as we look to the victory, as we look to the power, that God is giving you that love. God is reaching out to you through His Son, Jesus Christ, and He tells us every day in the presence of His Spirit in our lives that I love you and you need to cut yourself some slack because my grace is there for you. I have forgiven you of your mistakes. And that forgiveness extends to the past, to the present, into the future. It doesn't give us carte blanche to 
do whatever we want and act in whatever behavior we just feel like acting on a given day. But it is God's grace to remind ourselves that as God has been patient with us, as God has exhibited His love and His joy and His peace and His forbearance and His kindness and His faithfulness and His gentleness and His self-control, I know I'm going to be redundant here today. But there's a list there that summarizes that. The patience of God for us. And if we have the patience of God, then we should extend that patience for ourselves, for others, understanding that as God has given us His patience, that He wants us to share that patience with others. He wants it to be so incorporated in our lives that even though we might be sitting around a table with annoying people, God still wants us to be patient with ourselves and with them. Because then we are exhibiting what the cross truly represents and means to us the sacrifice and the suffering and the victory and the power that we have in our relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ. And we exhibit both of those representations when we are patient. And that's what God wants us to be. Because when we are patient with ourselves, we understand that God has been patient with us, we are patient with ourselves, we can be patient with others then we truly find something very unique happening within our own individual lives. We begin to take on the character and the nature of God. Now what do I mean by that? We begin to take on the character and the nature of God. Because we begin to understand that as God has cut us that slack through His grace, He reminds us, and that nature that we take on of God, that we give that same grace and that slack to ourselves, and we give that same grace and that slack to others. And we see ourselves in a different way that we have never seen ourselves before, and we find it refreshing. We find ourselves at peace. Instead of anxiety and fear and anger, as we take on the nature of God, we find ourselves in a totally different mindset. One that sees the joy of life. Even with all of the problems, even with all of the annoying people that we have to be with at times, we find ourselves in that peace. We find ourselves the way that God wants us to live. And we see how God truly wants us to be. Because when we are not making the effort to exhibit that patience that God has showed and demonstrated to us, the things in our lives become distorted. They become blurry. They become unclear. And it is only when we take on the nature of God can we see the things clearly that God wants us to see. And then because of that, we make the best decisions possible in our lives. And as we make those best decisions possible, our life just seems to be getting better because we're making the right choices. We're making the right decisions because we're exhibiting all of the fruit of the Spirit because we're exhibiting patience in our circumstance. We're exhibiting patience 
in our decision making. And then we see how God is to truly be lived in our lives. And we rejoice with God. As we take on the very nature, we rejoice with God. We see and understand His glory. And then the things within our lives that at one time seemed to be very important, we find them to be unimportant because we can see what they truly are for us. They are a distraction. They are truly something that takes away from the joy that God wants to have in living. And when we see that, and when we reorganize those priorities, when we put the things that reflect the nature of God on top, the things in our lives just begin to flourish, just begin to get better. That doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to do things wrong. We will continue to sin in some form or fashion. But when that happens, we know what we need to do to get back to where we want to be. To get back to that place of patience that exhibits the fruit of the Spirit within our lives. And we see and we demonstrate it as we are patient with ourselves and as we become patient with others, the way that we exhibit it and we show it is kindness. Think about that for a minute. When you are patient with someone, what is your attitude? What is your actions? You exhibit kindness. And what's interesting about that is we have 14 grandchildren and each one of them, even though at times they can be very tiresome and annoying and they ask questions and they play their little, they're getting smart enough now where they know what they, they're playing mind tricks with you, you know. They know what buttons to push. But you know what, when we are with them, we exhibit patience with them. And how do we show that patience? How it is identified to them? It is identified by the kindness that we show and that we demonstrate. The kindness in the same way that God provides for each and every one of us. The kindness that is exhibited on the cross. The kindness of sacrifice and suffering. The kindness of victory and power. God exhibits that kindness to us because He is so patient with us. And so we can identify that. We know that when we are with others and we are patient about the relationships that we have and we're exhibiting patience in our circumstance, that we have kindness. Kindness just flows. And kindness is one of those things that identifies within our own personal lives that we are exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit that God wants us to have. And the opposite is just as true. If we are impatient, are we kind? No. We are not kind when we are impatient. We snap. We say a court word. We know how to zing somebody. We know how to, if you will, push their button. We do those things when we are impatient. We don't exhibit kindness. In fact, we exhibit the opposite. And so that's a perfect example that we can incorporate. We know and we understand 
that if we are being patient, that we are exhibiting kindness. And if we are impatient, we do not exhibit kindness. How do you want to live? And once again, we're not looking for perfection. I never talk about perfection up here, but I think we should strive to do things better for ourselves because in doing so, not only is our life better, but the lives that we are interact with gets better as well. And so we know what to do. We know where to go. We know that when we are not exhibiting kindness, that we are truly not exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit that God has said that we should exhibit. Just by that one overarching word and concept, patience. And there's so much for us as we recognize that, that you and I take on the very nature of God and we exhibit that Christian virtue that God wants us to show and demonstrate. Doesn't mean that we are pushovers. Doesn't mean that our no is not no. But what it does mean is we do it in such a way that we are exhibiting patience because our response is one of kindness. It's one that demonstrates who we are truly supposed to be in Christ. And it is that kind response that makes such a difference in our world today. If you think about it, if we looked at all of the things that were taking place in our lives, all the things in the world, if you will, and what would happen if people started exhibiting kindness to one another? What, if, what would happen to our world if people started to be patient with one another and started to say words of encouragement to each other? How powerful that would be. How world transformation that would be. But we can only do that within our own individual lives. So if we want to see a greater world transformation through patience and kindness, it starts with us. It starts with me in terms of how I interact with you and how I interact with others. Do I exhibit that? Do I show the fruit of the Spirit that God wants us to have? And when we see that, we will see the blessings that God wants us to have. So, what is, what's in it for us, right? If we do these things, if we do what the Scripture is telling us this morning, if we exhibit that patience, I'll tell you what, and we wouldn't be in it for us because that's not, I don't think, a good thing of patience, but... If you need to think of the me prospect, right? What's in it for us? We will see within our own lives that we just see the blessings of God. We see the joy of God. We become less frustrated. We become less irritable about the situations that we find ourselves. And I think the biggest blessing that we can have by exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit through patience and through kindness is we begin to see that we have unlimited, unlimited in terms of our relationship with God, the potential that we can have with God. We begin to see as we exhibit patience and kindness that we have a relationship with God that gives us unlimited ability to change the things in our lives. And we begin that process and we are encouraged by that process because that's what God wants us to have. And as we exhibit that patience, 
we see that we are just so much more at ease with the world. It doesn't mean that we don't want to have things better, and it doesn't mean that we don't make comments if things are not right. But what it does mean is we see things in the proper way that they are supposed to be balanced. We see things in such a way that our reaction, even though at times can be one of frustration, as we exhibit patience and we see that we're exhibiting kindness, it truly gives us the light to see the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Because we are no longer distracted. We no longer have any kind of distortion about ourselves and about the world in which we live in. Because we see it with honesty. We see it with truth. Because you and I are trusting God to give us that understanding that we need to have. And then we see what Christ has done for us. And that Christ is in all and is all in all the things that we have in our lives. And as we think of Christ, as we think about the application in our lives, we clothe ourselves in the fruit of the Spirit. We clothe ourselves in the fruit of the Spirit because that's what we should endeavor to wear all the time. If I could have a t-shirt made up, it should say something like, I should be patient with you all of the time. And if I'm not exhibiting kindness, I am not being patient with you. And I'm not exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, it would be a long t-shirt, right? But it's one of those things that we should clothe ourselves. We should wear it. We should wear it proudly. Because in that, as God has been patient with me, so God is patient with us. And I can be patient with you. Quite simply. And don't ask me to repeat that because I just don't remember what I just said, but it sounded pretty good. But that's how God wants us to be. He wants us to be patient because the process begins with us as we look to the cross and the patience that God had for each and every one of us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whomsoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And that is the patience that God has for us and that he wants us to show to others through his love. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion as we think about the relationship that we have with Christ and we think about how patient God has been with us. Let us pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful that you have reminded me that you and me equals us. And God, we just come together. It's us together. It's us with the future. And we are so thankful that as we look to the cross, we see the sacrifice, we see the suffering, we see the victory, and we see the power that is available in our lives. And Lord, I would just want to say thank you for your love and your patience for each and every one of us.
and for your kindness. And God, thank you that we can just demonstrate that we want to incorporate that same patience in our lives as we partake communion together as a body of believers in your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you, God, for forgiving us of our sins. In Christ's name, amen. from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake together. In the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn is number 205, I Love to Tell the Story. 205, I Love to Tell the Story.
Our gracious God, Lord, we just ask that you would help all of us with the patience that you want us to have. And God, remind us that as we exhibit kindness to one another, we are showing that patience that you have showed and demonstrated us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding be with you now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for coming.